Welcome everybody, this is Illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor, and I have read the book. I have not read the book. Taylor reads the book, I don't read the book, so that you can go out tonight and have five topics to talk about to make you sound cooler at parties. Whoa. We got an announcement this week, continued from last week. We got a little contest going on. A if giveaway. You, a giveaway. If you want to win a free copy of Bird Box. Which is what we read last week. Last week's episode. If you want to go back and take a listen to that, if you like it, we're doing a contest. Get a free copy of Bird Box. All you have to do is email us at illiterate at email.com. Yes, illiterate at email.com. We got it. Give us your name. You get entered into the drawing and you might win Bird Box. Bird Box. Today we're talking about Pride and Prejudice. Bum, bum, bum. We got a big one, a big classic. This is a big one. It, let's just say it was a sausage fest last week. Trying, and the week trying, before. Trying to trying to trying to widen widen our 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 perspectives. Our, our perspectives here. We're stupid. We need help. So we read <laughs> I read Pride and Prejudice. But anyway, on to the real deal. Taylor, break it down for us. What do we got? Top five topics. Evan, number one, we're talking about funny business. <laughs> number two, we've got money, money, money. I like that. Cuba does too. <laughs> number three, we've got where credit is due. Mm. Number four, emotions. And number five, Target knows you're pregnant. <laughs> the company Target. What? How is all this going to work out? Let's find out. First of all, you we got the book. the best ones for last. I do always save the best ones for last because you got to listen to the whole thing. You can't skip ahead. The book summary, what do you want to know? It was published in 1813 by Jane Austen. How old How old is uh, Jane Austen when she wrote it? She was 21. Okay. And it didn't get published until she was 37, 16 years later. Interesting. Yeah. Where is she from? England. Okay. This is in England. Okay. The book takes place in England. Gotcha. Uh, this is during the Regency era, so it covers 1811 to 1820. It was published anonymously. Because Whoa, which we'll what? get it, we'll okay, get into. We'll up, get into I, don't, I don't know anything about so that. So we'll get into that in section three, credit okay, where credits, credits due. due. But cool. just to tease that, published anonymously because of the situation at the time. Wow! And it did not bring her any fame or success in her lifetime. Um, but now look at it. Tra- yeah, it's look, never been out of print since. The most popular book, maybe. <laughs> yeah, or the classic. If you type in love, yeah, Brian Prejudice. Yeah, people. Yeah. He's um, preloaded, I'm sure, on things. <laughs> yeah, like uh, that U2 album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get this out. Yeah, but people are like, oh, good, Pride and Prejudice, finally. Ah, I can I get around to it, it, finally. Well, you don't have to, because here we are. Yeah. So the original title, just one last little thing, is called First Impressions. And then they changed it to Pride and Prejudice. Interesting. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know anything about the book, but I've, I've always been wondering about the title, because that's very... It's a very presumptuous title, but it doesn't really tell you what direction it's looking. So yeah. I've been thinking about this basically my entire my entire uh, my entire life. So uh, it'll be I'm I'm, I'm I, I can't wait to hear. Yeah, this title she swiped from another author of the time, well, previous to her in the 1780s, named Fanny Burney, who wrote a novel called Cecilia, and the term Pride and Prejudice is featured in the last paragraph of that book. Oh. So that's where she got it Interesting. from. Interesting. And I, it relates in the themes of the story, but... Cool. Is that like, did, like, was there ever any comment as to why she, why they did that? Why they chose that? Just being, just being... Re- so her pro- first, prevalent. yeah. So her first book was called Sense and Sensibility. No, okay. And that title seemed yeah. to do yeah, really yeah, yeah, well yeah, yeah. as far as the different themes. So they're like, well, we'll call it Pride and Bread. Pride and Bread. Yeah. <laughs> they, literally, that's yeah. what the publisher was that like. That makes That word. So yeah. do it again. 
Yeah, and new sense and sensibilities. So yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, so Pride and Prejudice has to do what a lot of people have. They like to put it in the duality of the two main characters, the love interests. Mm-hmm. So Elizabeth Bennet and Fitzwilliam Darcy, they're the ones that are falling in love and out of love and out of love in the thing. But it's him being troubled with a sense of pride and her being troubled with a sense of prejudice against people of the higher class or, or just people in general and him being too prideful. It's so a very he's much upper a class. class thing, she's yeah. lower class. And she's she, not lower class. She's, not she's lower upper class. middle class. She's upper middle class. Yeah. He's, he's upper class and she kind of scoffs at, at that. Right. And so there's a, there's a duality to that, but gotcha. what the, the, after reading it, you realize that it's more nuanced than that because both of them have both of those elements. And that's yeah. why they work together so well is because she also has a certain pride to her that he exposes and he has a certain prejudice that she exposes. And so they balance each other out. So that's where the title comes from. Gotcha. Yeah. So how old is how old is Bennett when the story takes place? She's 20 years old. 20. Which is pretty typical for the time. She might actually be on the upper side of the spectrum as far as being marriage material. Mm-hmm. Her sister Jane is 23 and is considered old news, pastor, prime, a spinster, never going to be married. God, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. her younger sister, Lydia, gets married in the story at 16. And people are thinking, well, par for the course, that makes sense. Right. And then Darcy is 28. Okay. I will just add as a little side note, I did listen to this on audiobook. Um, mm-hmm. This woman, Josephine Baker, is the narrator of it. So good. So I'm just going to read you really quick a sample text. Oh, please. And so this is how it sounds. So it's it's... I mean, some people are like, oh, I'll read Shakespeare on Thursday. No problem. I'll do it anytime. But if you're not used to this old style of writing, it can be a bit cumbersome to understand. Definitely. So here's an example of that. Oh, I can't wait. This is just randomly. As it happened that Elizabeth had much rather not, she endeavored in her answer to put an end to every entreaty and expectation of the kind. Such relief, however, as it was in her power to afford by the practice of what might be called economy in her own private expenses, she frequently sent them. Indubitably. <laughs> so, so in that, it's like trying to read those words. I would a yeah. thousand percent, if you if you do want to get into this, listen to the audio book. Yeah. I'm going to go into a little bit of the summary, sure, just kind of a quick, exactly what happens. In the, I mean, there's a lot. This is a 400 plus page book. Yeah. Take us through the plot real quick and then we'll, we'll get into the nitty gritty. We'll get I into just, the cool yeah, bits. I'd like, to, I'd like to preface with that there's a lot of characters in this book. And they're all sort of interconnected. Somebody's the cousin of somebody else who's pining for this person who gets rejected by this person. But then later in the story, they fall in love with, you know, it's this huge web. If you go on Wikipedia and just look at this, you know, the bubble chart, it's madness. But I'll try and just give you the, the specifics. It's the Bennett family, upper middle class, dad, mom, five daughters, consisting of Jane, Elizabeth, Lydia, Kitty, and Mary. Rolling five deep with the sisters. Five daughters. Damn. Five daughters. And so Mr. Bennett is thinking, I got to get these women pawned <laughs> off because there's going to be no air to throw. women so he out has, of here. Yeah, he has his, <laughs> he, get them out. He has his land on rent or lease. And so his cousin will take it over once he gets once he gets lopped off or dead or gets diphtheria or something okay. crazy. So they, so then these women are not going to have any support structure and the cousin can do whatever he wants with the land. It's just a mess. So he's got to find them husbands 
And he is, he's a bad parent because he doesn't care about, <laughs> and then on the other side, the mom is super overbearing okay. and only cares about that to the detriment of like, this guy's a doofus. She's like, but he'll marry you and you'll have more money than we have. So that tension is huge in that historical time and takes over most of the plot. Even already, I'm seeing how still relevant this is and in just interpersonal drama. It's such a modern... And that's why people praise it yeah, because that, it's that's such a modern clear concept. Immediately, that the drama, the web, the gossip part of this is really number one. We haven't come very far. It really is the backbone of this. It sounds like the yeah. web. Yeah, it's the web of who's doing what with who and when and how and why. And so, what starts the book is Bingley moving in next door, a man Bingley. of much esteem. Yeah, he makes a bunch of money. That's good for us. One of our daughters is going to get hooked up with him. With uh, old Bingley. He gets he gets attracted to Jane, who's the oldest, who's the old woman at 23. Oh, look at that. And so that's great. And the mom's super happy. Everybody's super happy. Bingley's best friend is this guy, Darcy, oh, who okay. is very cold, very proud, very haughty, says that Elizabeth, who's the more whip smart kind of, she's the main character of the story. Yeah. She overhears him at this ball that they have since he's arrived saying that he wouldn't want to dance with anybody and all these girls suck and it's so stupid and whatever. And then Bingley's like, what about her? And Elizabeth can hear him and he's like, oh, she's tolerable. <laughs> and so that's kind of the start of their relationship is just... <laughs> what a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Stuff happens. Jane gets sick because she goes out in the rain to visit Bingley's house Stupid. as orchestrated by... Well, as orchestrated by her mother. She's like, you're going to go in the rain, Ugh, not use the carriage, and then get sick, and then you'll have to stay, and then he'll fall in love with you. Oh, so, so she got sick on purpose? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, her mother. So Lizzie goes to visit her, being sick, much to the chagrin of her mother, walking through and just not taking a horse, being an independent woman, and people are like, you're going to look terrible. And she's like, I don't care about looking terrible. I want to make sure my sister's okay. Right. Darcy sees her there, so that's another interaction they have. They kind of come to blows with stuff because they're at odds with their own philosophies and mm. personalities. And then they leave. She gets well. They go back to their place. This guy Collins pops in, who is a cousin of the dad, who is going to inherit the land that they own. Okay. So now a complication. But the mom's like, oh, maybe somebody can marry him. Right? She's always God. focused on that. Someone shut this old lady yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> there's another... There's another... Your uh, bastard prime! <laughs> it's over! Get over it! Stop making everyone else miserable! Well, it's funny because I think she is also going to be affected by this because she's still going to be in the house. Yeah. You know, she needs somebody to take care of. So it's like if all her daughters are taken care of, then she's going to be taken care this of. This is what people did instead of TV. They just fucked with everyone. They just fuck with people. She had nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah. She just had to say, how are all of my daughters going to get married? And how can I arrange it perfectly? <laughs> Collins pops in, the cousin. They have a ball. They're, they're always having balls all over the place. The militia has come in. And they're stationed in their county now. And there's this guy, Wickham, who is a very, very classy dude, super on top of it. Just the mm -hmm. foil at this point to Darcy, who's cold, reserved, gotcha. that kind of thing. So Lizzie starts falling for this Wickham guy because he's just nice. He has no money. The though. old Henry Darcy, the bunch. Yeah. Darcy <laughs> has a bunch of money, which we'll get into in Money, Money, Money. Mm -hmm. But that's why it's like, why is he being such a meanie to everybody why right. is he being because he has a bunch of money so he's better than everybody else naturally that kind of thing and he could have his pick of the whoever he wants remember that kids if you have a bunch of money you're better than everyone else at least in the first half of the story <laughs> so the second ball collins proposes to elizabeth she's like no 
I don't want <laughs> like just a hard. I don't just, like you. <laughs> You're weird. Damn, cold. Just I, 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 I don't want to spend my life without you. No. Uh. But Darcy is super nice to her, or at least asks her to a dance, which mm-hmm. he didn't want to dance with anybody at this first ball. So that's super weird for her. But Collins, not deterred, proposes to Elizabeth's best friend Charlotte, who is older and just hot on the just. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, just but she takes it because she's older and she's like, "This is a better station in life. What else are you gonna do? If you don't get married, you're done for." So she's like, "I'll take it." Elizabeth is much more of the rational. I'm going to go with who I love and who I mesh with. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte's just like, "No, I'm not going to be broke and on the street my whole life." Right. So I'm gonna. T- this guy's proposing to me. What other chance do I have? Yeah. The winter comes and they leave. These these people that have rented out this place next to them. So Bingley leaves. Darcy not leaves. Bingley. Everybody leaves. And Jane's like, "Oh no, what have I done? Like I thought we were good." Jane decides, "Well, I'm going to go to London." And try and because they have aunts and uncles there, and mm-hmm. she's like, I, I'm gonna try and run into him. Like, why didn't he say anything? What's going on? No dice. The whole mm. winter goes by, they never interact. Elizabeth goes on the trip, and I say Elizabeth, but it's Elizabeth, Lizzie, Eliza. They just use all the different variations. It's all the same, yeah, yeah, it's all the same person. So she goes on a trip with her aunt and uncle, and on the trip, they're like, We're gonna hit up this place that's super good because you could visit with all the different rich people stuff and see they were all showing it off and it's Darcy's place. So what's happened before this is she realized that Darcy pulled Bingley away Mm. because he didn't want them to be together. And she's like, well, that sucks. And then also when she had interacted with this Wickham character who is a part of the militia, he was like, yeah, Darcy fucked up my life. I was good friends with his dad and my dad and we worked with him and all this other stuff. And then I was supposed to get an inheritance and then Darcy didn't, he just didn't give it to us. And now I'm stuck. And so she has these two pieces of information from these people. Obviously that makes sense because Bingley's not talking to Jane. Wickham's in in a mess and he's such a great dude. Like, I hate this guy, Darcy, right? Right. So she's like, I don't want to visit his place on this trip, (laughs) you know? Uh, but they do because her aunt and uncle don't know anything. So they go and they're, and she's like, is Darcy going to be here? And the housemaid is like, no, he's not going to be here (sighs) until tomorrow. He's great. Of course, homeboy shows up early, but, but before that he had given her this letter because he had advanced on her like Collins did and proposed at one of these balls. Okay. I know we're backtracking a little bit, but she had, she, so she had heard about this news. He proposed and she was like, get out of (laughs) here. You know, and he, so then he gives her this letter the next day and it's like, please read this. I'm going to be gone. So all of that information is swirling around in in her mind because in this letter, he says, look, I didn't like, I didn't think Bingley was that serious. I'm his best friend. He's had a history of doing this sort of thing and I didn't want him to get burned again. Mm -hmm. So that's why I took him away from it. I'm sorry that that was my judgment, but I had to. So there's a little bit of an awareness. He's not just being a dick for no reason. He's looking out for, he's looking out for his friend. And he's also like, I didn't think Jane was that into it because she was sort of coy and shy and whatever. Because that's the game, which and, does everybody yeah. such a disservice. The kids, if you're listening to this, be open. <laughs> Just be open and real. That's something to come So on. there's all these letters and all this. But so, and then the other thing about Wickham, he's like, no, Wickham was a terrible dude as a gambler, lost all our money. Like I saw that aspect of him. I'm not giving him anything. Mm-hmm. My dad didn't see that when he was with him and like, Mm -hmm. he's a terrible person. He's a philanderer and a cheat and a liar. That's why he's in rough times. I saved him from that, gave him a bunch of money and said, I'm done with you. And so that's why he has resentment. So now she has this information 
from Darcy of like, well, this is why he did it. But she's still like, I don't know. It's he said, she said kind yeah. of thing. Shows up at his house on this trip. He shows up. They sort of patch things up there, or at least he gets to say his piece. And then they get this news while she's on the trip that her youngest sister, Lydia, eloped with this guy, Wickham. <gasps> and it's, they did it. And it's, but it's scandal because it's like, if you're not married normally. Right? No, it's real eloping. You're That's all, where it is like. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're done for. Your family is shamed. Nobody's going to want to marry any of the sisters. Oh. It's all a mess. And it's this stupid Wickham guy. So now she's like, Darcy's probably right about all this stuff that he said, like that this Wickham guy is a mess. So they get it resolved. They end up finding them. They thought they went over to Scotland and eloped where you can just get married without a license. Or Vegas. Any, you know, it's, it's basically. Scotland, Vegas. There is a place called Greta Green that is the Vegas of Scotland <laughs> that's known because it's just right over the border and you can get, you can get married. I know this is a long summary, but there's a lot going on in this book. You need to know. Yeah, it's and, a complicated, you know, complicated plot. Stick with me. So they're going, they're, they go home. It gets resolved. Lydia marries Wickham normally, and the family's fine. The mom's happy. She was super pissed a day before, and now she's like, oh, they're married, and the wedding right. clothes and all this stuff. The dad's like, we're disowning you. You're like, go live with yeah. Wickham, but like, never come. Yeah. Lydia lets it spill that Darcy was at the wedding. So they weren't, at the, they had the wedding elsewhere. Really this quick is so and so gossiping. Oh my God. And so and so Elizabeth is like, what in the world? Why would he be there? He has nothing to do with us. That son of a bitch. What is he doing there? So she hits up her aunt. So the, the aunt has to disclose then since Elizabeth asked, why is Darcy there? She's like, oh, well, he didn't want to say, but he actually got it all covered. Like he paid for everything. Uh-huh. He paid for Wickham again. He hushed the the nonsense. Well now he definitely loves you. Yeah. <laughs> like, why it's else like, would he do? It's like, he's not God. doing it for the, he's no, doing it yeah. for you. He has no reason to get involved in any of this nonsense. He's so, it, you know, she thought he was so up above it all. Then, you know, That's this a is a whole, man. this is, he's a real man. This whole year Goodness. has passed. Now it's the summer again. Bingley shows back up at the summer house. Not Bingley. Well, because Darcy tells him. So they show up. Jane comes back into the picture again. They canoodle. And fall oh. in love, and she's sure it's you know Darcy's doing. Darcy shows There's back canoodling up. Canoodling in this book? Well, I'm not explicitly. Not canoodling in this book. Right? <laughs> PG canoodling. Oh. They, they walk down the lane. Oh, you know. So Darcy, risque. <laughs> risque summertime love. Darcy shows up again, just as the last little nail in the coffin. Collins's benefactor shows up, who somehow is involved in all of this mess. Mm. This hoity-toity woman, and she's like. Look, Elizabeth, I want to have a private conference with you. Darcy is in love with you. Yes or no? She's like, I'm not telling you. She's like, because if he has proposed to you. My business not yours. Yeah. You cannot go with him. He's way up above you. He's supposed to marry my daughter and deal with it. And I will and I will disown you and it will be a mess and blah, blah, blah. Shoot her. Elizabeth she's on your property. Like, yeah. And she's like, get out of here. And Catherine's like, I'm not even going to walk through the door. I'm not, I'm going to go around the side and not even say bye to your family. And her mom's like, well, she must've been really busy. You know, she just made it. Like, no. So at the very last little bit, Darcy shows up again, proposes as expected. She says, you know, Catherine's going to, you know, this lady wanted you to marry. He's like, I don't, you know, I don't care about any of this. This is what we're about. Of course. Her mom's super excited about it because now Jane is getting married to Bingley. Lydia's getting married to Wickham, which they don't really care about. But it's another daughter that's covered. And now Elizabeth. She's safe. Good. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. And then Elizabeth (laughs) is getting married to Darcy, who is one of the wealthiest people of all time. And then it ends. That's a mess. It is a mess and a half. It makes me want to read 
crazy rich Asians for some reason. I feel like that's like it's a similar like interwoven yeah. mangle. <laughs> yeah. of... I feel like if we if we read that, it'll yeah. be there'll be uh, some some obvious influence. Okay, all right, all right. So that was our hot summary. Very hot. Very hot. I got all the players. I think I know. I'll what's refresh going on. you. If yeah, yeah. Happens. But topic number one. Here we go. Funny business. The book is quite funny, is or at least really? to me. It's kind of a hard thing to be subjective about, but most people think it's definitely ironic. She's got a certain wit. The characters are very well defined. Well, good. If at least you're able to like make fun of these buffoons going yeah. around. <laughs> and let's start with just the first line, which everybody should know or knows. It's one of the most famous lines in all of literary history. If you don't know it, learn it or not. But the line is, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Basically, if you're a man who's got stuff, you want a wife. Which is the, So that already, unless you don't know the historical context, is not funny. But it is funny because the fact is, the whole point of the book is the exact opposite. It's not the fact that a man with a good fortune <laughs> wants a wife. Right. It's the fact that all it, these it just, sisters... It just happened and found like it, it accidentally. Yeah, happened, or all know? these sisters are like, no, we need to boost Made, up yeah. our station. So anybody that was reading this in the 1800s would be like, what, what in the world? <laughs> That's not true at all. <laughs> So, boom, right there. Gotcha. Straight okay. up in the yeah, context. Definitely wouldn't yeah. have gotten It is that. a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. Yeah, I would have definitely just taken that of like, right. You know, like, okay, yes. well, now I got some context. Yeah. No, she's, she's, yeah. Anybody reads like. <laughs> First sentence already subverting. <laughs> yeah. Which is what she did with Sense and Sensibility. So she's playing around with the idea of love. And that's why Elizabeth's like, no, I want to do it for love. Yeah. And that was a provocative concept at the time. Who would have thought? But back to the funny business, there's a particular situation where, because Darcy, like I said, he's hot shit. Everybody wants to be with him. Right. But he doesn't want to be with anybody because he's real haughty. Because he's got everything he needs. He's got it under control. Yeah. And he's he's ultimately, at the end of the book, he's just a good dude. Too. Yeah. He's got his problems like everybody else, but he's nice. And susceptible to the winds of love. So <laughs> he just nobody can stop it. <laughs> unstoppable. The unstoppable force that is love. So he's, you know, and chilling at Bingley's house. Bingley's sister is into him, as is everybody. Mm. She is a doofus. And Lizzie is doing embroidery reading. She said she likes books. Now that I know it's a comedy, I feel like good about calling these people doofus. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's yeah. like going in, I don't know how serious it is. And like, or like, you know, like, well, how well, like, the love proper, is serious. Know, like, and the, of course, yeah. of course. But like, it is knowing that it, it is, is funny. A lot of and it is that designed it, to be, yeah. And that it's still just mirroring what we do still. Yeah. We're still trying to we make people like us. And they, yeah. So Darcy is there chilling. Bingley's sister is fawning over him. Lizzie's over on the side doing embroidery, just like liking the fact that she's trying to, her advances are so hard and so <laughs> obvious. And Darcy doesn't give a what for, because she's just saying all these things. She's like, oh, I love books. And he's like, oh, really? Well, let's read. And she's like, oh, Jesus. And so she just pulls the second volume of the first volume that he read. Um, it's like, she oh, just, can I join, she, you, can yeah, I join she, you playing golf? And then she picks up like a block of wood. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I okay. saw so there's, yeah, she, she explicitly, she's like, there's no enjoyment like reading, which causes Lizzie to laugh out loud because it's like, she knows <laughs> you don't like reading at right. all. And so then Lizzie and Darcy start talking about books. She gets ostracized back and forth, their personalities, whatever. And so then this is where the pride and prejudice comes about because she accuses him she says, your defect, because they're talking about defects I and like personal qualities and everything. <laughs> yeah. And that's, she's so strong-willed and that's what he's attracted to because he's like, 
everybody's trying to go after me. You're the only person that's like, no. So she says to him, your defect is to hate everybody because they're talking about their defects. Like and he's like, and he's like, and yours is to willfully misunderstand them. Oh, hence the pride and the prejudice Damn, because it's true. She, and then throughout the book, she does willfully choose to not believe that he could be what he is. So, but in that moment, it's building to this heated thing where they're arguing. And then the Bingley sister is just like, well, let's have some music. Like she can't stand. (laughs) She's like, I want to play the piano. Everybody look at me. (laughs) One of the things that, and this last little bit of the funny business is like this. So in the second ball, when he actually is coming on to her sort of, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know what to say, right. that kind of thing. So she says, oh, this dance is pretty, whatever, you know, just trying to make small talk. And then he agrees and doesn't say anything. They just silently, she sort of chides at him and it's like, well, I commented on the dance. You should comment on the size of the room or the amount of couples. Just like <laughs> teaching like him how to be. <laughs> And he's like, I would, but this then we'd have nothing else to talk about after that. Just yeah, yeah going to task one. with him and just being there's those moments of modernity. It's like that's what people do nowadays. Is if somebody's being awkward, call them out for being awkward, but she just does it in such a sly way. Nah, and that's how good it is, man. Damn. Yeah. Are you ready for number two? Oh, I'm so ready. What is it? Money, money, money. <laughs> money, money, money. This is a huge theme in this book. Show if you talk about Pride and Prejudice, what is that from? That's uh Jerry Maguire, Cuba Gooding Jr. I met him once. You did, yeah. <laughs> but we won't get into that. That's for the email list. Because mm, you got to get to that illiterate at email.com. Money, money, money. Huge theme in the book. Love, money, class. They're all in there. Mm-hmm. But money is big because Mr. Darcy, super wealthy. Mm-hmm. They mention these things in the book. And there's so many facts and figures. It's weird how concerned she is with the economics of things and letting people know in the gossip of how much money this person makes and how much their dowry would be if they got married. But that's a huge facet of their life in getting married is how much is it worth? Because that's why you would marry. They reference offhand that Mr. Darcy makes 10,000 pounds per year. Now that means absolutely nothing to you, correct? Right. (laughs) Perfect. So (laughs) it meant nothing to me either. Hence the title of the show. (laughs) I don't know. So... What I went and did the research on is what does that actually mean? Basically, what I found was that that is his disposable income is the 10000 per year. And so that is just based off of his investments, which is the 4 or 5% paid out over the land that he owns, the investments that he's made, all of that stuff. So his actual assets, if that's the 4 or 5%, would be 200000 in total. Mm. Looking at that and considering what he would be like in the average... Sitting on 200,000 GDP, right. And the average wealth holding of the 1% at that time was 100,000. So so he is in the top 400 households in that time, which is huge. So it's actually, his total assets is like 328 million. And Bennett don't care. She rejected him. (laughs) And then he gave her the letter. It's like that. Damn. To say that makes it so much better than like, oh yeah, he makes 10,000 a year. Yeah. To say his total assets is 328 million. He's in the top top 400 400 in the country. 400 households in the country. That's incredible. And she said, no, I don't love you. You're weird. She gave him the. Yeah. You reject. Yeah. You, you hurt my sister and you didn't give this guy what he owed. And then that's what makes it all the more tragic at the end and joyful when she realizes, oh, he, he is a good guy. He's got his faults, but. He was helping people and I was, and I misjudged. And I was judgmental. And now I want him back. Money. I love it. 
And then, so that brings the question, which a lot of people think like, oh, does money imply happiness? Because it does seem like in the book at the end, the people that have more money are happier, <laughs> you know? Does it go into anything of like, but inside personally, people are happier that way, like at all? Or is it like... Well, what, what, so the book seems conservative in that way. But I, what I found is if you take a look at her actions, mm -hmm. and this is more of what Jane Austen, I think, I mean, there's tons of, there's college classes devoted sure, to this, yeah. but she was suggesting a change in the winds of that time. And if Darcy, who is in the top 400, can accept her in this way, it's like, it's not going to be, boom, now women get equal rights and men are, you know. Right. She was like, but if Darcy can see this aspect, he can change. Right. And, oh, people in this class can be involved with people in this class because of their actual attraction to each other and what the... Well, at the end of the day, you're human beings. beings. You, yeah. you can relate. You can empathize. And, and they are and, such a good match. It's yeah. like they're goofing around with each other at the ball. They they exchange they're blows with each other. They're positive and negative else. puzzle pieces. They, yeah. they, just, they just fit and you don't plan that kind of... You know, it just happens. Yeah. And even when you don't want it to. And yes, she's saying... Yeah. That. Yes, she's saying they are happier, but I don't think it's a direct correlation... I mean, it definitely does. I think she's, that's why the novel is pretty realistic because it's like, yeah, they probably also are going to be happier. Topic number three, credit where credit's due. This I'm interested in. She did not have her name on the cover. In fact, she had no name on any of her covers of any of her books that she wrote. Me, I frame. just assumed she wrote the book and then promptly put it out No, as normal. Her, that's, that's shocking almost to find out that this book did not have a conventional way to find itself on in the public writing for women at the time was considered a leisure or secondary activity and so you could not have a woman's name on the cover because that would imply that that was their actually what they were doing and that was very unladylike <laughs> to make a profession off of that because you were supposed to be tending the house right. massaging right shoulders what is this rat? books good <laughs> yeah truth who knew who knew so, they might have something like valuable to like offer the medium and the world and culture? I don't perspective. Who needs it? <laughs> yeah, her first book, Sense and Sensibility, it just said by a lady, which in itself was provocative. Damn, but the publisher did it. She lost money on that because they did it as a commission thing. Well, that's so, the way it goes, you know. So the the, the publisher wanted to get one. <laughs> the publisher printed it on really expensive paper, and didn't advertise it very well and took a huge cut. So she what lost a horrible money. business, man. <laughs> well, he got, oh, we're going to print this on incredible paper. Well, because she oh, owed did, him he, money. Oh, did he make out? Okay. And she did. Yeah. Because uh, she owed him money. Aww. Because she, yeah. So then she did not like that model. So the other way to do it was to just sell them the copyright. So she sold this, uh, pride and prejudice for, I think it was 110 pounds, which is like 7,000 bucks. What? Which is still a lot for, like I, I mean, said, the GDP and the expenses and whatever. But she, but, it's but the most she would have made because because she didn't do the commission thing. If she had done it on commission, she would have made forty k, which is like her father's annual salary. Wow. You know, but everything else in her lifetime on the cover, it said by the author of Sense and Sensibility. Oh wow! Number four, emotion. Mm. The book is even though it sounds like it's all about falling in love, mm -hmm. it's suspicious of romantic love. That's the kind of theme of it. Of like, is this what I should be doing? Because other people are getting married for this. And what does this actually mean? And I'm giving up these things and these, it's just a complicated mess. So it's not the fact that it's the happy, it's the prototypical long right up there with Romeo and Juliet of like, this is a love story, right. but it's questioning that concept 
And so the dynamic of it. It's interesting because I read something where somebody said that Lydia, the girl who runs off with Wickham, yeah. she would be the hero in a modern right. romance because she novel went off and took because took, she took, took her chances and she said, reins. "I love this guy." Yeah. And so Elizabeth Bennet is not as crazy as her younger sister, but mm -hmm. she is questioning all of these concepts. One of the things that makes this evident is in the style of the book. So this is mostly, people would say, the first instance of this type of writing, which they now call free indirect speech. So what that means is it's in the third person, but when there is a thought of the character, you don't say he thought or she thought. You just put it as a line. Sometimes it's in italics. Sometimes it's just the next line down. It allows you the option as opposed to doing this overhead, omniscient, third person, everything, you can get into the people's thoughts, but it just is their without thought. Without the clunkiness of it. Yeah. Without the clunkiness of it. And that is the rule. Now, I know I've, I've heard of this, but is the rule where you have to tie, if somebody's going to say something, it has it's tied to what directly preceded it? I don't know about that. No? As far as, as that being a... Because like, that, like that they say is something a rule in screenwriting that, like, because you can do that disassociated thing that, but they're connected. But you, the way that they're connected is that because they are next to each other, so right. you go from here to there. So with this free indirect style, it's only ever doing One Elizabeth time. Bennett's. No, oh, they're no, only ever doing Elizabeth, Elizabeth Bennett's. Okay, gotcha. But there is also a ton of letter writing because that's the only way they could communicate. So you get the it's other like a lot characters. Of texting now. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you get the other characters' thoughts through these letters. So, for example, the letter that she gets from Darcy, you can understand, okay, this is where he's coming mm -hmm. from when he's like, actually, I felt like this and I didn't do that to that guy like everybody thinks. And I'm sorry that you think that way, blah, blah, blah. So then you get his perspective. And she is funny because she reads that over and then she reads it over again. It's like when somebody sends you a long text and you're like, right. oh, let me analyze what he... I'm thinking about how interesting is something like this because the, the same story can play out present day almost exactly the same in in way. But the way that they communicate and how fast they communicate, totally different. And I wonder how that actually does affect... Because like sending somebody a letter, you get to sit down and write from beginning to end everything you thought and they don't get to interrupt you unless they walk away from it. Because like she she receives the letter from him and she actually she reads it all the way when in today's society, they'd be texting in real time and stumbling over their thoughts and trying to re restate their thoughts in a better way mm -hmm. when, instead of just writing how you felt and sending it. She mentions in her, one of her thoughts that she enjoys the reflection time where she gets to walk around and think about what happened. Right. And if you notice a huge facet of a lot of the reproductions of Jane Austen's work, because it's all a visual medium, mm -hmm. that's where people say that the emotion doesn't come through as much because it's sort of clunky in film to have somebody's overhead narration. Right. right. So that's number four. What do we got next? Number five. Ooh, moment, this is my favorite one. The moment you've all been waiting for. <laughs> Target. Knows you're pregnant. You always save the best ones for last, Taylor. This is a book about finding the right one, following the patterns of love, life, society, or going your own way, right? Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Definitely. That's what it's all about. How do you do it? And I was interested because she lambasts the way that her parents came about. Yeah. And saying, how could they have gotten together? What? Right. Like, this is not a match at don't all. They I don't see. want this. Don't they, don't they see? see? But this is just a disaster. Today, we have modern apps. We have algorithms. We have ways of piecing together technologically. I could find the one. I could find this perfect person that comes together. Your Tinder and your Bumble. Being your Tinder and your Bumble, your business. Is that the best way to do it? Perhaps. Hmm. Depends but on what I you're heard, looking for. I heard this story. 
about Target, the well-known... Target. The Target. The We're target. talking about the Target. Yes. They are known for tracking, like most companies these days, what people do with yeah. their... You know, Netflix is checking to make sure... Sign into your account, download the app, put your items in the bin, you're going to do the self-checkout, and then they'll bring it out to your car, and inside they have a list of everything you've ever bought. No matter what you do, (laughs) even if you buy it inside. So the Target has revealed to this journalist, which is now banned from ever speaking to them ever again. Say what? That they keep everybody that ever buys anything with a credit card, no matter if you're signed up for their email list or anything, a guest ID number that includes all information about their Purchases? Purchases. Wow. But... They are able to extrapolate data from those purchases. So a big, big moneymaker in the consumer goods industry is when you're pregnant and when you're going to have a kid because that bumps up your expenses by so much. So they want to know who is doing that. But how do you, you can't, you know, it's too late if they're already buying stuff at Walmart to get them on board your target train. So they have tracked and it's like they would know, okay, people buying a lot of unscented lotions that they hadn't before, they're probably in their second trimester so then they're going to have their baby in August. So we need to start putting ads in their direction wow, on social, okay. these sorts of things. It sounds crazy, but it's like, okay, well, if people are buying extra big bags of cotton balls, people buy those. But if they're also buying them with scent-free soap, then Maybe, they're probably yeah. here. You yeah. Know? So we're going to, so what happened was. So they just start drawing. And then they give lines. everybody, they oh, give everybody a pregnancy score. This what? is not a joke. Wait, hold on. Whoa, they're actually looking to see? They're giving, yeah, they're I giving thought, people a pregnancy. I was assuming score. that this was just something that they put together. And, no, this happened. And found out. So they actually are, are tracking this for everyone? Yes. So they give everybody a pregnancy score. In Minneapolis, this father called Target to complain and they were like, are you trying to get my daughter pregnant? Because you're sending her these ads for cribs and formula and all of these things. Target had to explain oh themselves. My God. He came back with an apology and was like, I'm sorry, there were things that were going on in my house that I didn't know about. Oh my God. She's due. Like they knew before the dad did because of her purchasing history. So How's Target to do with it? <laughs> changed their situation. And after this father apologized, they explicitly said that now they're more careful about it. They're not, they're not trying to spook people. So they mix shit in. So, like, you would ha- see uh, an ad for diapers next to lawnmowers right. or an ad for cribs next to wine. They know so what that they, they want know to show who is, you, they but still they'll know, put some bullshit in around They still so know who's pregnant, but they, they don't want the pregnant people to get scared and think that It's they, like, how obvious is it every time you look up, the, you know, like a dog bowl on Amazon and then you go back to your Facebook and they're, <laughs> like, trying to sell you the exact dog bowl. And for 12 yeah. weeks, they're trying to sell you different dog bowls. Yeah. So... Real Maybe. clever guys, real, real, yeah. real under the radar. That doesn't look weird at all. That's why I try to look up random stuff. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, upside down treadmills yeah. <laughs> from the ceiling. What's this guy into? He's, he he ordered a stethoscope, a bouquet of flowers, and NASCAR 2003. On PS1. <laughs> okay. Sounds like a wild date, but we're going <laughs> to... What's the connection for, for Pride and Prejudice? The book is about following, finding the one following the patterns of society that you had to go through all of the shit and the ups and the downs and the talking to people and whatever. And now we are on these dating apps and we have these algorithms and we have these things. It's like, Oh no, this is the percent score of whether or not we've outsourced it (laughs) of whether or not you're the one (laughs) or whether or not this works. We've totally outsourced it. Yeah. We don't want to be responsible for anything. We'll, we'll make a machine do 
anything. Target knows you're pregnant before your father does. God, that's insane. But yeah, madness. Madness, madness, madness. All right, well, that just about does it for our main section here. Will you want to do a recap of everything? Yes. We're in the wrap up. Up. How do you sound cooler at a party? This is what you want to know. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Topic number one, we talked about funny business. This novel is a gas. The cool party point about this, which I thought was great, was when he's, Darcy, is being a sad sack at the ball, not knowing how to talk about anything. Like, you would be going to a ball. Right. No. And she's just and calling like, him out. And she's then like, you would. You know, if we, were, if we were dancing like we are, you'd probably make, because I said about <laughs> the ball, you should probably talk about how many people are here or something. It's a, it's a beautiful way to, for her to just be like, you're fucking this up right now. Yeah. So it's a great tactic when you're out at a party tonight or on this weekend, use it. Be sly about it. Yeah. Don't just be a jerk. Yeah. But if there's somebody you're riffing with, or it's awkward, it's a first date, it's a little embarrassing, you know. Use it. Make mood. it a joke. Make the awkwardness the joke. And she does it. Lighten the mood. And it's lovely. Topic number two. Money, 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 money. Money, money, money. Don't worry about it. Darcy had over 300 million. But it didn't matter. But it didn't matter. She didn't want him because of any of it. Yeah. And if you're thinking, oh, this is going to solve. I mean, I think about it a lot, but if it's, this is going to solve all my problems, right. people are talking about money at parties. Well, maybe they are at parties, but just let them know. Look. Yeah. You got a buddy. And prejudice. Didn't matter. Yeah. Didn't you matter. got a buddy who feels like he can't get a girl or like he's unemployed. And he's just down. They're down. Whoever it is, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. In a society where that was the only thing that attracted people, it still didn't work. It didn't work. Number three, credit where credit's due. Fascinating. That was fascinating. I, I mean, I always assumed that it was just a very like cut and dry Jane Austen. Now she's famous, but she wasn't. All right. Next one. Number four, emotions. It, the emotions part of this does kind of highlight in the way that we are exactly the same. Like they're talking about all they're the same They're at balls, stuff. but you're at a party. Yeah. We're at a party. They write letters. We text. Like it's... It's the whole just like dating drama gossip experience, but in a way that that is actually pulling it apart and questioning it. Why is it this way? Do things need to be this way? Yeah, it's great. When you're at a party, just give it a step back and say, look, this has been going on. Mm hmm. Have fun with it. Yeah. She was having fun with it. Yeah. Have fun with it. Have, enjoy the emotions. Enjoy it. Let it's all over. Feel the place. them. They're not bad. And that's when everybody feels like they're like running from. Like they people, I feel like are trying to feel less and less all the time. And it's like, well, I yeah. think actually, if you just felt it and let it go, yeah, maybe it would. And just the core be emotions here, pride. Maybe you think is too much. Maybe yeah. Prejudice can't even. Maybe you need to let it go. You ain't hot shit. Look at that. And nobody else is either. And that's what we learned. Everybody can talk about that. Yeah. All right. For the next one, though, this one's harder. Topic number five, Target knows you're pregnant. How can somebody use that at a party? Oh, what, 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 last time you went to a grocery store, what all did you buy? Just as that sample size for, you know. Like, yeah. And then yeah. say, oh, and then you could play a little game with people and be like, hey, what'd you buy? All right. Let me guess and see what I think I know about you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You grew up in Portland because you got PBR. You... <laughs> You know, that's a fun, that's actually not a bad game. And then to be like, like, okay, maybe you got all the answers wrong. That's still funny. That's hilarious. And then you could be like, but actually targets tracking everything you ever bought for real. <laughs> Listen, you grab her by the coat. <laughs> Listen, we have to tell people we have to stop them. We have to stop that. This is not a game. Even though I started it as a game. <laughs> yeah. It's a good, that is a good game though. Yeah. 
All right, all right. Those were the five. Uh, let's run back through them real quick just to recap. Number one, we got her line about addressing the awkwardness. Yeah, address Call the somebody out. There's a lull in the room. Use it. Two. Money, money, money. 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 Well, doesn't matter. Didn't matter. Yeah. Darcy had 300 billion. It really made no difference. Number three, giving credit where credit is due. A lady. I love it. Number four, emotions. emotions. Use mm. them. Look at the room. Look around the room you're in at this party tonight, wherever you're going. Everybody's got something going on. Take heart. Yeah. Have fun. Don't run from it. Number five. Go up to somebody and ask them, what were the last five things you bought? And then you try to tell, you try to give what that person did. a reading. Who are they? Yeah. And then you tell them about the target conspiracy. Pull out your phone right now. It turns out they're tracking every purchase you ever made. It's insane. Those are the five things. Bam. We got them. I, mean, I feel pretty primed. I can go out and I can go out and impress some people tonight. I can make some new friends. Pride and prejudice. <laughs> Big book. A lot of material. A classic. Uh, real quick before we go, sign up for that email list. It, illiterate at email.com. Sign up. Uh, send us your name. Send us the last five things you bought. Maybe we'll try to tell you. Who knows? Uh, send us your name. We'll enter you for the contest for the bird box drawing. Which um, we will announce next week. Mm. So keep on it. Uh, share, have fun, subscribe, enjoy life, enjoy life, go out tonight, use some of this stuff, make a connection, grow. All right. See y'all next time. Bye guys.